Hello there, everybody. Welcome into P. Witty's World. It is Friday, July 14th. Coming in a little bit later today because I wanted to see how the University of Tennessee uh, hearing was going to play out so I could talk about that. Uh, not a lot of news there, basically pretty inconsequential. I also want to talk about a local Franklin soccer coach that has been accused of rape. It looks like it's a pretty cut and dry case. Sounds like he did it. I want to talk about that for a minute. Also, uh, talk a little bit about Bidenomics, how that is working out, uh, a new ruling or a new statute passed down on student loans. Uh, and then also want to talk a little bit about mass transit in Middle Tennessee. So a lot on the agenda today, but I'll get it done in the 20-minute window that I always promise. So first of all, let's start with the University of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee had hearings based on violations committed while Jeremy Pruitt was their coach. And the uh, findings or the punishment was handed down today. And I'll be honest, it seems really, really inconsequential, which I personally do not have a problem with. It seems that they were doing a lot of things that today, if they got creative with NIL and other things, they wouldn't be penalized for at all. I personally would have loved to have seen a bowl ban just to see everybody become unraveled. But I'm biased because I'm not a Tennessee guy. I think my famous line that I always give people is, I would pull for the Russians before I would pull for the Vols. Uh, there have been times where I pulled for Tennessee. I, I actually think Rick Barnes is a very uh, reputable person, a uh, hard guy to dislike. Uh, Tony Vitello, on the other hand, don't have a problem disliking him, but neither here nor there. So uh, those of you that know me know I'm pretty biased against the University of Tennessee, but I don't think in the end these penalties are going to be too significant in terms of them being successful down the road, particularly in football. Uh, they got an $8 million fine. They had to vacate all wins and individual records in any game in which the 16 sanctioned players participated. I really hope those guys played in the two times they did beat Vanderbilt in the Jerry, uh, Jeremy Pruitt tenure. They have to cut 28 scholarships from the roster, uh, cease communication with recruits, end official visits uh, for 40 weeks, uh, cut 36 official visits by recruits, and then cut 120 evaluation days. Now, all those things I listed there uh, regarding recruiting has to be done over a five-year period. I'm sure they will figure out a way to make sure that it is not uh, any kind of death knell. And I really don't think it matters much at all. Jeremy Pruitt hit with a six-year show-cause penalty, which means he cannot be hired by a university without NCAA approval for the next six years. I hope he's, for his sake, I hope he's got some connections in the NFL or he's going to be coaching high school. It's going to be a pretty significant pay decrease from what he was making at the University of Tennessee. But also, let's be real, Jeremy Pruitt was a clown. Not the most well-spoken guy, kind of a redneck. Uh, just the typical uh, Phil Fulmer type hire. Uh, you know, Phil Fulmer considered to be somewhat of a god around uh, people of my generation that are Tennessee fans because he won the national title in 1999. Also a guy that railroaded his mentor, uh, out of a job uh, to become the head coach at the University of Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how that played out. Not a big deal. They're basically going to be able to buy their way out of it. The scholarship thing will not be a big deal because Tennessee has a lot of NIL money. They could use that in a way to where kids are not having to pay to go to school. And speaking of NIL and really just the NCAA in general, 
the NCAA is a total sham. I think we've known this for a really long time. I don't think it's going to exist within the next 10 years. Football obviously drives the bus at the majority of schools. Football could break away tomorrow, and there would be very minimal impact into how things play out with the NCAA. I just hope that they find a way to preserve the NCAA tournament. Uh, But I just don't think with these new parameters around NIL that the NCAA will exist in 10 years. First of all, they have totally jacked up the NIL system. They could have put in parameters a long time ago that would allow uh, universities to give student-athletes more uh, in terms of cost of living. But they never really went down that road, and now it's just the Wild West with the NIL. And I think NIL ultimately could just bankrupt some universities in terms of their athletics because you're not going to have donors that are going to consistently be able to give millions of dollars each year to bankroll teams and give money for facilities or if you are going to depend on businesses they only have so much money to give how are they going to advertise at various stadiums and be throwing around tons of money to athletes to make sure that they are committing to certain universities the new president of the ncaa is pushing for federal legislation you've already had a variety of states california uh, in Texas, two noteworthy states that have passed NIL uh, laws, and now the NCAA says, hey, we're not going to be able to make it if we don't get a federal law. Well, here, here's the deal. You hand down these penalties. You've had teams cheating for years. Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, pretty much the entire SEC, uh, tons of other schools across the country, UNLV basketball back in the late 80s, early 90s. And none of these schools ever get hit with any significant penalty because the NCAA is smart enough to know that if you hammer some of their higher profile profile schools, it's going to cost them money in the long run. So I I have no sympathy for the NCAA, except maybe for this new president who's just inherited a mess that Mark Emmert left for them. But they kind of made their bet on this one. And this has been a long time coming. Uh, the, the, uh, The North Carolina... A tutoring scandal. Like, what happened with that? Nothing. I mean, you've had academic and financial fraud at major universities regarding athletics for years since I was a kid and probably way before that when they weren't really able to police anything. And now the NCAA is turning to the federal government to help bail them out in terms of NIL. And I just don't know how the NIL stuff is sustainable. I don't know how you can have a transfer portal where kids can essentially bounce from school to school. Um, basically going for the highest payday and and make that sustainable. There have got to be some parameters uh, around it. Also, from a coaching standpoint, I don't know how you build culture with that. I think ultimately the best investment you can make in college athletics is to hire the right coach and the right staff because the coaches that can build cultures are going to be able to keep their kids when it's all said and done. And the ones that can't, I mean, what what is going to happen – when you pay a star quarterback $5 million and he goes out and throws two pick sixes that cost you the game against your rival, do you think the, the donors are going to want to pay that kid the next year? And that's what you're going to get into. How does that play out when a kid that is performing at a very high level is making 200 less, 200000 less in NIL money than a kid that is not performing? There's going to be jealousy. I just think it's a train wreck. It's obviously too early to see what the full issues are going to be, but it's going to be a problem. 
And I think it's going to be a financial problem for universities, and it's going to be a culture problem for coaches. So congrats to the University of Tennessee for basically having to pay one big fine and really not having uh, to deal with any major issues uh, outside of this, despite the fact they were handing out money in McDonald's bags and had an incompetent head coach that uh, just thought he could do basically whatever he wanted. The irony of this is his wife was a compliance officer at three different universities. So unless they never talked about work, uh, he definitely knew what he was doing was wrong, but I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. All right, uh, another story I would rather not talk about, but I think it has to be brought um, brought up here, is uh, you've got this uh, soccer coach, a a kid soccer coach, not Franklin High School, not trying to disparage one of my rivals or anything like that, but a local soccer coach who literally lives like maybe 10,000 yards from where I live over off uh, Glass Lane here in Franklin, um, accused, and it looks like it's pretty cut and dry evidence that he raped young boys that he was trying to get to play on his soccer teams from the ages of 9 to 17. Now, the way they found this out is totally bizarre. Um, Camilo Hurtado Campos is the coach facing these allegations. He left his phone at a restaurant. An employee picks up the phone trying to figure out whose it is and comes across these videos of basically young children being raped. Um, and they had clearly been drugged, did not know this was happening, and now the Franklin Police Department is trying to find out the extent of this. There are kids out there that might have played for this coach that had no idea that are waking up over the last few days finding out that uh, this could have happened to them, and it's just an utterly disgusting story. He would recruit soccer players locally, uh, get them to play on his teams, bring them to his house, and then would drug them. It's one of the most disgusting stories I've ever heard. But who doesn't, thank God in this case he didn't, who doesn't put a lock on their phone? I don't think I know anybody that doesn't have like some kind of lock on their phone. Uh, obviously not the most intelligent guy out there. But the kicker here is, is it has now come out that he was in the United States illegally. And look, I'm not a huge advocate uh, for just closing up our borders. I do think our borders need to be tighter. I think we need to know who's in the country. I think we should allow uh, workers to come in on temporary work programs, make sure they're being charged taxes. But I mean, it is vitally important that we know who is in our nation. And right now it is just a free-for-all. I think administrations, particularly the Biden administration and ones before that, have done a very poor job of securing our borders when it's, uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, I, I do think our economy would collapse without immigrant workers. When I lived in California, uh, a protest for Governor Schwarzenegger at the time was uh, he was trying to make sure that everybody in uh, California, all these illegal workers, um, had to go through the system. Essentially, they were able to get driver's licenses without any identification while well, he was trying to close that loophole. And in protest... All the workers didn't show up one day for work, and nothing was open. Restaurants, gas stations, a lot of retail businesses. I do understand the importance of 
this population in terms of coming into our country and working, but I think we need to do it in a way where we're able to track who is in the country. I think that's a very moderate stance on this. This is not extreme to the left or to the right. I don't mind. I think immigration is very important to our livelihood in the United States. It's almost a pastime. Uh, it's how this country was essentially founded. But we need to know who is coming in and out of the country. And the fact that this individual was able to uh, rape numerous children, and then it comes out that he is here in this country illegally, I think is just unbelievably bad and a terrible look for the way things are right now. Uh, a few other things I wanted to touch on. Uh, Bidenomics. Okay, uh, the inflation in this country is through the roof. I, I've seen it in a variety of ways. Uh, my older daughter's car crapped out. Had to spend a few days trying to figure that out. And the interest rates are just through the roof. Uh, it's, it's to the point where, as a middle-class person, it is extremely difficult to afford these kind of things. And I saw it uh, at various restaurants uh, on the trip we took. Uh, paying $60 for a meal at Panera uh, is unbelievable to me. It seems like I used to be able to take uh, people out and, you know, you, you get out of restaurants like that for like 30 bucks. Well, I mean, the inflation on food is just absurd right now. Um, in terms of this inflation with interest rates, it's really hurting small businesses, which it's going to be a major problem. In fact, uh, Kevin O'Leary, the guy on Shark Tank, was uh, on TV the other day and basically was just talking about living in the real world. I'm here on the Hill in Washington today to talk to everybody I can about the problems I've got just in getting working capital for small businesses. We have a crisis emerging. The interest rates are so high that these smaller businesses cannot afford to borrow money and still sustain their business. And I'll tell you this, and I don't think this is news to anybody, if uh, a bunch of small businesses start collapsing uh, in this country, particularly within the next year, it's going to be a really rough road for the Democrats in the 2024 election. And it's going to be a major issue that is going to have to be solved at some point. We cannot have these ridiculous interest rates. And I understand typically the way to curb inflation is to raise interest rates, but it is not working. And this is a slippery slope uh, that we are headed down. Also, the Biden administration came out yesterday, I believe, and is going to forgive $39 billion in student loan debt for more than 800,000 borrowers. Now, this is on the heel of the Supreme Court saying that they are not going or that they did not agree with the decision that Joe Biden wrote with the executive order to forgive student loan debt. Well, this is a reflection of basically the federal government mismanaging and mischarging people. So I really don't have a problem with this. If people were mischarged in year 20 of their loan and ended up losing money over that, then I think this is a good decision. I don't have all the data, but that is the rationale that the Biden administration is using in terms of giving $39 billion back to 804,000 borrowers because essentially uh, after people had made payments for 20, 25 years, um, they were not processing the loans correctly and ended up costing people money. It, it is mind-blowing that kids are taking out money and having to pay for it 20 to 30 years down the road, but that's just the state uh, that people 
are in regarding going to college, which, like I've said repeatedly, not everybody needs to go to college. It's a total waste of everyone's time. Uh, also, last thing I wanted to talk about is we have a Nashville mayoral election coming about. There's been a lot of talk about mass transit in Middle Tennessee. It's one of the hot-button issues. We have a terrible uh, transit system here because we really have one that doesn't exist. We just have some buses in Davidson County, uh, and there's not really any significant effort on a regional basis to help people move around. Now, one other thing that has come into play uh, is the Tennessee state government is now starting to put forth or solicit funds to try and build rail lines between some major corridors here within the state. The first priority that they have put forward is a rail line from Nashville to Chattanooga to Atlanta, which I think is a fantastic idea. Um, the second one they have talked about, and it's kind of the second tier, is one from Nashville uh, to Memphis. I think there needs to be one going from Memphis to Nashville to Knoxville. I think we need to find pe ways to move people around the state. I think it will be a financial boon for Atlanta, Chattanooga, Nashville, Memphis, if we can find a way to move people around. And let's also face it, the airlines in this country are awful. Uh, they nickel and dime you at every turn and the reason they can do that is because there's virtually no competition now, i don't know a lot of people that are going to be flying from say nashville to atlanta uh, but we need to give some all you know alternate modes of transportation throughout this country we need a rail system similar to the one that europe has so we can have some competition for airlines we cannot just allow them carte blanche to do whatever they want the baggage fees and then all the things they charge uh, just absolutely drive me insane. Just include it in the original price. Stop having me buy a ticket for $300 and be like, oh, here's 40 for a bag. Here's another 15 for an upgrade. And oh, by the way, if you want a drink or some food while you're on the flight, it's going to be $10 plus. It's total garbage. We need to find a way to create some competition. Isn't that the purpose of capitalism? It does not make sense to me. So hopefully that is something that can be figured out as we deal with uh, inflation, infrastructure problems, everything else. Last thing I want to touch on, uh, had the opportunity to go to lunch with some of my students yesterday. I've always cut the deal where if you get a five on the AP exam, I will take you to lunch. Uh, talk about inflation, it cost me over $100 to feed seven students at Chipotle yesterday. Neither here nor there. want to offer incentives. Uh, and it was actually really nice to sit down. No kid has ever taken me up on it before. Uh, this, these group of students finally took me up on it, and it was a it was a nice little afternoon talking about where they're going to college, and I just appreciate the work they put in. I think it's a nice little incentive, and uh, very proud of those kids. And as we speak, I have more kids hitting me up, being like, "Hey, I got a five. When are we going to lunch?" Well, hopefully, I'll figure it out, and it doesn't break the bank. Anyway, those are just some things I wanted to touch on. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Hope you got a lot of fun activities planned, like I do myself. Uh, stay out of trouble, and I will probably be back on Monday. Take care. Have a great weekend. Remember uh, to follow us and follow me on all the social media, uh, Instagram, threads, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, drop a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. And like I said, if it's not a five-star, go find something else to do. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you guys soon.